Welcome to the Illuminate Faith Podcast, episode number five. In this week's episode, we're going to be talking about innovation and the church. Uh, later in the episode, you'll hear from Rob Dalgleish, who is the executive director for the Edge Network with the United Church of Canada. And we'll also hear some voices from the uh, latest social innovation challenge that happened in Toronto on May 6th and 7th of this year. So without further ado, let's get to the panel as we start this week's episode. Welcome to the Illuminate Faith Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Dave Exley, and we're coming to you live from uh, Pub Milosh in London, one of my favorite spots. And here we are sitting on pews, church pews at a local pub. And uh, and Doug, what did uh, what did you have to drink today? Uh, I had the Nickelbrook cause and effect, and I don't like to speak in absolutes often, but I think I just ate the best burger I've ever eaten. All local food, pub. all local food here, which we uh, which we appreciate about uh, Pub Milosh. And uh, how about you, Isaac? Well, I had the Keeps Irish Stout, which I really enjoyed. It was quite smooth, and I had some of the best stolen fries off of Dave's and Doug's plate that I've ever had. <laughs> yeah, and I had a local beer offering, a Beer Lab. Uh, a friend of mine actually works for, uh, for Beer Lab, a guy that uh, actually worked at a United Church camp uh, many years ago, and so supporting him and his double IPA that, uh, that he uh, uh, helped uh, to brew here. So great food. Uh, great beer, uh, great local beer, and uh, we're glad to, to be here. Um, you forgot to say great company, Dave. Oh, yes, I meant that too. <laughs> so today we're, we're talking about innovation uh, and entrepreneurialism. And uh, certainly as it, uh, I think it's timely for us to talk about this uh, in terms of our comprehensive review process in the United Church of Canada, which one of the things that uh, that has been unveiled is this this effort to, uh, to move towards uh, innovative ways of being the church and support that and so 10% of funds uh, are going straight towards uh, innovation and so we want to talk a little bit about that how might we sort of open up our minds and think about how we can be innovative how we can be entrepreneurs uh, in this day and age because I think we are in that space where we desperately need to move in that direction as the church uh, so Doug uh, share some thoughts with us on uh, innovation and entrepreneurialism as it relates to the church Right away, I, I think about the, the innovative tech industry that we're living in, the, the times that we're living in. I was ordained around the time of the creation of the smartphone, and I just can't stop thinking about where my life as a ministry would be, as a minister would be, without a smartphone. I, I was... Uh, I was called into a, a church right at a theology school to, to a church like so many that that doesn't have a lot of extra funds in this day and age and, and that has some older structures. So so to not have Wi-Fi in the building doesn't matter because I have a smartphone that, that can provide that for me. Uh, how often have I been at a funeral and, and seen a, a granddaughter or a grandson come up and decide to read scripture right off of their their smartphone and and i just think to myself right on you go you just bring us into the 21st century here and and uh, make it work yeah i love that in terms of uh, my work in youth ministry in terms of the way that really people just assume that technology is going to be a part of worship or uh, pastoral care care experiences I think that in terms of innovation, one of the things that I've really noticed uh, that's important in terms of the ministry that I'm undertaking is being really aware of where the energy is in different places within our congregations. And it's not so much that I'm kind of sitting off in a 
corner or in a hermit's hut coming up with all these great ideas, but really more being aware of where the energy is in our congregation, looking at where the ideas are, and then thinking, okay, how do we make the the right environment for these ideas to grow and flourish and uh, to be able to share those possibilities with the wider world? So I think that that's really important in terms of innovation is thinking about the ways that we bring people's ideas together with uh, an environment that can be accepting to those ideas. Yeah, it's uh, we talked about this in episode one of of saying yes, and uh, I'm mindful of the fact that when Sarah Chapman was talking about uh, the Skylight Festival and the success of that, of saying that it was about hearing the yes that was already said within the wider community and other circles, even beyond the church, uh, and that led to the success. And and that had me thinking about uh, the innovative work that I've been doing in the church uh, over the years. Anything that's had success, and not everything that I've tried has been successful, and I think that's a key thing is to not try one thing have it fail and then give up or have one thing have you know success and assume that everything else is going to to be successful but yeah how are we listening uh, both within the community of faith and in the wider community uh, for those opportunities where we can sort of hear uh, what folks are wanting, what they're longing for. I think there's a connection point there that that's the first thing that we need to do as it relates to uh, any sort of innovative ideas, any, anything that we do from the standpoint of like, you know, trying to be entrepreneurs within, uh, within the context of our faith communities. Uh, we have to first listen and be in relationship with people, uh, in trusting relationships where we can hear what they want and what they need. And that leads to, to great ideas that will end up having success. Yeah, the, this this notion of being surrounded by good people, smart people, uh, great ideas, creative people, it really links back to, to our first episode saying yes. It also links back to our collaboration uh, episodes. And, and I, I hope it's always a running theme in this Illuminate Faith podcast that in this day and age of exploring faith, there are are new things being tested all the time and the people who are excited because faith is a little countercultural in our culture today uh, there are people who are sort of who, who know we have to be risky who know we have to put out some crazy ideas and it I some of my favorite friends and and this is what I love about congregational ministry just as you say Isaac just bouncing ideas off people creative people having a having you know hanging out at the at the knitting group but also hearing them just flourish with with ideas that that might not work might work hey let's try it out um it, it's so much more exciting than being by yourself to to see innovative things grow from a group do you know what i think that there there is a uh, as it relates to to innovation as it relates to entrepreneurialism I think that there's a challenge to those of us who are in leadership uh, that it requires us to do some hard work some heavy lifting because if you know and I'm sure you, you both know people that are entrepreneurs that are uh, small business owners uh, in the context of your faith community uh, and just how much work is required of those individuals they're on all the time and and I think that I've tried to sort of approach ministry from that standpoint of okay let's imagine that this is my small business and and that the success of this business rides on on my ability 
to perform and to bring my best and to put in some long hours. I mean, that's a, that's a real challenge. I mean, we have to have balance in our lives. But anybody that's done anything that's had any sort of success from an entrepreneurial standpoint, um, it's required them to to work hard and and to uh, sometimes log long hours and things like that and and they find pockets of time where they can they can uh, find space for rest and and uh, rejuvenation and that type of thing but but I think there's a real leadership challenge there that uh, that it's it's incumbent upon those that are in positions of leadership whether it be clergy or lay that we put in the hard work that we do the heavy lifting um, as it relates to uh, to this innovative work that needs to happen in the church you know, it's interesting, too, like just thinking about drawing those parallels between what it means to run a business or a small business or big business or whatever. And in terms of life in the church, because I think that right now we're at a point where as ministers and as churches, we're trying to think about that more in terms of, OK, how do we learn from the business world? What do we take? What do we leave behind? And even the other day, I just saw this uh, this tweet from Eugene Peterson, who's uh, kind of an elder statesman within the progressive uh, mainline church. Uh, he tweeted out that he said, the vocation of pastors has been replaced by the strategies of religious entrepreneurs with business plans. And, and I don't think he was saying that in a positive way in terms of uh, how he sees the shift taking place. I know, though, for myself, in terms of some of the work that I've um, been doing in ministry over the last little while, we've had a lot of support through groups like Edge in the United Church and the United Church of Canada Foundation in terms of funding some of the new things that we've done. And a really important part of what we are doing is looking for the resources to be able to do the things and, and to put those innovative ideas into practice and, and get them on the ground. But I'm kind of interested in terms of you guys, what you think in terms of like, how do you find that balance between um, the, the faith world, the business world, and what parts do you leave behind and what parts do you adopt? The way I've been thinking about this lately in, in regards to this tweet is we're talking about the business of staying alive we're talking about the in some cases the business of survival and and the need to be innovative to to continue individual churches or a greater church teamwork uh, uh, and innovativeness in in teamwork between churches to in the effort to to stay alive as a church so so the, i don't i don't see it as uh, individual on, um, enterprise i i see it as uh, the the survival of the church and and I, i'm i uh, being from a rural context in ministry, I, I, I think of how innovative farming has always been, uh, how creative farming farmers have always been in terms of just being able to, to jack of all trades and, and get it done. And, and uh, in this day and age, you, you hear uh, older farmers at one point worrying, how, how are we going to maintain the farm? And then all of a sudden, the next generation takes over a farm and, and has a robot milking the cows. And, and that freeing up time, that innovation, freeing up time so that the farmers uh, can do more with with less and and uh, and and use innovations and and taking that into the church world the 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 rural church world is a church world where there's depopulation and all of a sudden you're you're in a position where there is a collection of congregation members that understand the need and and we're we're making the ground fertile right now of 
a collection of people really understanding the need and getting excited about us being able to do more with less. You know, I think one of the things in terms of looking for balance between how we approach the business side of things and the faith side of things, uh, one of the things that I found really interesting is seeing how different monastic communities have approached that. Because if you think about it, like even when you look at the the long history of different monastic communities, you know, you hear about Oka cheese and you hear about different uh, Belgian um, abbeys making beer and all of these different things. They kind of had a business model back in the day. And uh, even communities, you know, a couple um, episodes back, I talked about Teze. And one of the things that Brother Roger always talked about was they never accepted any donations at all. Zero donations. They made all of their money for their community through um, the pottery that they did through the books that they wrote and uh, other monastic communities that I know about today um, do that and they kind of find the balance of how do we find our own independence through um, the way that we support ourselves um, so that we can support some of the innovative things that we're trying to do because there are monastic communities out there that are still doing really innovative and interesting things and I think it's really important to look at the ways that we create a sense of financial independence for ourselves and maybe we can learn from some of those groups i mean not a ton of uh, united church monastic communities out there but uh, maybe we can learn from some other groups in terms of that you know what i think the, one of the key things about that when you think about those communities uh, whether it's oka cheese or or, or, or uh, 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 monks brewing beer uh, is that they, they are self-sustaining and i think that one of the, the challenges that we face in today's day and age, uh, especially in our context, is that I think there are a lot of people that have you know innovative ideas. They're entrepreneurs, but they have their hand out. Uh, where it's it's like here, I you know there's money you know at the national level. I want to receive that money, and and there's not this sense of like I think there are very few people that are creating ideas that are self-sustaining. And so that's, I mean, I, I even am faced with that challenge. How do we approach things from the standpoint of like, you know, not just receiving, but how can we create a self-sustaining model so that, you know, our ministry where we're able to respond to that vocational call that we feel that has come to us, where we can live out our faith in a very authentic and real way, but also sustain our, our ministry. And, and I think part of that is, is recognizing that um, we have, it's up to us. It's up to us to create something and to come up with a, a way to sustain ourselves. And, and there's that, that obligation from our side uh, to, to make sure that, uh, that we're, we don't just have our hand out, but that we are generating something that's, uh, that's enabling us to, to do that work. So that we can serve. Amen. Yeah. Amen. I, I, I'm thinking also about uh, just stories of, of great entrepreneurs. And of course, you know, Steve Jobs comes to mind. And there's so many stories that come out of that that, that I think we can learn from. Uh, thinking about, you know, the failure that Apple computers uh, faced uh, over, over the years. Thinking about how they, they got their, their start and, uh, and where they are now. You know, the fact that Steve Jobs uh, got fired from, from the company for a period of time. Here's this guy with his, these incredible ideas. And, and yet, uh, you know, it wasn't all, you know, success all the way through. And, and I'm mindful of uh, that, that wonderful quote, uh, you know, that came from one of their commercials a number of years ago, uh, you know, where it says, here's to the crazy ones, the misfits, the rebels, the troublemakers, the round pegs and square holes, the ones who see things differently. They're not fond of rules. You can quote them, disagree with them, glorify or vilify them. 
but the only thing you can't do is ignore them because they change things. They push the human race forward, and while some may see them as the crazy ones, we see genius because the ones who are crazy enough to think that they can change the world are the ones who do. And the implications of that uh, as it relates to innovation and uh, entrepreneurialism in the church, uh, I think there's so much that applies to our work here. We have to be a little bit crazy in order to, to push things forward. So I think it's important for us to, to listen. I had a chance to sit down with uh, Rob Dalgleish and talk about innovation, talk about um, what's happening as it relates to the United Church of Canada and this whole Chasing the Spirit, soon to be renamed Chasing the Spirit Initiative and, and entrepreneurialism and internship. And so let's hear what uh, Rob had to share. So I'm here with Rob Dalgleish, the Executive Director for, for the EDGE Network. And uh, I'm wondering, Rob, uh, the United Church of Canada and EDGE has been uh, partnering with other organizations and agencies to support entrepreneurs via this social innovation challenge over the last uh, year or so. What, what have you learned during that time period? So um, it's been very encouraging. And uh, there's been all kinds of things we've learned. But some of the big ones for me... Um, this thing that God's up to right now is happening outside the church as well as inside. And the same energy that we see, that creative passion for social change, for doing good, for loving the neighbor, uh, is uh, welling up big time in social entrepreneurs uh, that look a lot to me like ministry op- entrepreneurs without necessarily a faith motivation. Um, so it's the same, it's that same energy, it's that same, I would say, spirit. They might not say that. Um, that there are huge collaborative opportunities for the church in the, in the communities that they live in, and that those, those uh, other community stakeholders are really excited about working with the church and believe that the church has both an important place and can help them uh, do, create better communities, more just, more resilient, more vibrant and joyful communities. Uh, so it's, it's good, good news. Um, the other thing uh, is that Faith people, well, I was surprised that some people that we didn't encourage to go there f- f- from a faith perspective um, are there anyway. And so there are some social entrepreneurs that are already motivated by a, their Christian faith that we don't know about, probably because these people haven't found a place in the church to give expression to what they were feeling called to do. So these social innovation challenges may very well be a place where we find new leaders uh, to help us become the church that we're being called to be. So those are, those are three takeaways uh, for me that were just really, really positive. That's great, thanks. So what can you tell uh, us about the, the potentially soon to be renamed Chasing the Spirit initiative? Because obviously this is about innovation and, uh, and moving the church forward and, and sparking something uh, across the country uh, that gets people uh, thinking and moving the church in, in exciting new directions. Yeah, well, just to whet the appetite, we know the name, but it is top secret. It is totally top secret. Will not be revealed. Be at the Skylight Festival, July 29 to 31 in Paris Fairgrounds to hear the revealing of the new name of Chasing the Spirit. Um, so, uh, so that's number one. The launch will be at the end of July. Um, the first tranche of grants, like there will be some preparation for grant uh, grants happening through the fall 2016, and the first check's going out early in 2017, probably January. Uh, so start thinking about uh, start thinking about innovation. Um, there will be a small innovation challenge at the launch in Paris. So 
come to the Skylight Festival, but if you really can't, we're also allowing for online virtual presentations. So come up with your great idea, pitch it via the uh, internet, and you can be part of uh, part of it that way. Um, uh, the other thing is that one of the questions that in the conversations we've had is, well, what is innovation? What does that look like? How do you come up with these ideas? So we've actually developed a workshop on innovation, and uh, we led it uh, from here in Coronation Presbytery in uh, um, Saskatchewan on the Alberta border. <laughs> and uh, we had a great time, lots of laughter. 38 ideas came out of this workshop. So it's kind of a fun thing to do. Uh, we've got material that you can lead it yourself, or we're happy to do it for a presbytery, even for a congregation or a cluster, just to get the imaginative juices going. Because uh, we're, we know that the success of this will depend on engagement by the church, across the church. So I encourage you to find out about Chasing the Spirit. Go onto the website, get information, get involved, and spread the word. Uh, this is something we've got to do together, as though we were, I don't know, a united church. <laughs> And uh, thinking about innovation, and obviously, as, as you know, I'm sure that that sparks something in the imagination of uh, many of us, but uh, what are some examples that you've seen of innovation in the church that have sparked something within you that you would point to and say, there's a great example of an innovative idea that somebody came up with, perhaps something that, uh, that you could see being funded uh, with this new, soon-to-be, perhaps renamed Chasing the Spirit initiative? Yeah, so... So innovation takes on many forms. It can be something that has been in another context applied to a new context. Uh, it can be something that comes out of a new situation or a totally new idea. Um, um, it can come out of a new skill or new capacity. Technology sometimes offers us opportunity for innovation. It's all kinds of things. Um, Cross-sector stuff. We've seen uh, now a new, uh, the, the Abbey or Emmaus Road Ministry in Vancouver Island is combining a bakery, uh, a, a microbrewery, always a good idea. I love those abbeys. Um, and, uh, and really social engagement together with a really committed worshiping community and that lives by a rule of faith. Um, that's, that's really interesting. There's, you know, there's music ministries with youth. There's uh, podcast ministries that are really fabulous. You should look into those. <laughs> But I'll just tell this this one I just heard uh, last week. It was about a woman who felt called to start a ministry in a trailer park. And there are a couple of things that were important. First of all, she, she got a trailer, built a chapel in the back, and moved in. The word became flesh and moved into the neighborhood, literally. So she moves in. But here's one of the things. Uh, so the context was the new part of this. But... Uh, it was also how it developed. She started by going around and knocking on doors. And this is a trailer park. People don't even answer their door. <laughs> like it's maybe a dangerous thing. I don't know. But nobody was even opening the door. Uh, but the thing was, she didn't know how to live in a trailer park. So, and that became obvious pretty quickly. And so at, at one point, you know, it got so bad, she was, a storm was coming. She was trying to do her awning or whatever. And she actually got blown over, hit her head and knocked out finally woke up, pulled herself back into... Anyway, the next day, someone knocked on her door and said, listen, dear, <laughs> we've got to teach you a few things about how to live here, you know, if you're going to make it. That was the start of her ministry. Once her vulnerability became... You know, once her, her vulnerability was shown to the community and they chose to kind of come in and, and uh, they felt they had something to offer to her, 
then it became mutual, and the ministry kind of grew out of that. So, you know, they gather around the, the awning, and, the, and it's a growing and thriving ministry now in a place of high need. Developing community in a place where people don't even answer their door, right? Did that by getting knocked out. <laughs> oh, the wind, the Pentecostal wind, who knows? <laughs> anyway. Now, I'm thinking about uh, if uh, if I'm just brand new to this and I'm thinking, you know, okay, how do I get started with innovation? Uh, are there places that you can point me, whether it be uh, online resources, perhaps webinars that uh, that we should go to? Where would, if you had somebody ask you, where do I start? I don't even know how to do this. Uh, where would you point them? Resources, books, uh, webinars, things like that. Yeah, so I would first of all go on uh, go on the Chasing the Spirit website and uh, do the innovation workshop uh, with your presbytery or your congregation. And there's some very clear outlines around, you know, different approaches to innovation, how to think of those things, some playful exercises to open up. Like part of it is not to take it too seriously, like to create a playful space. Um, fail a lot. I mean, if there's there's a number one rule, fail more because uh, we need to be able to experiment without the fear of failure. Fail, f- fail safe. It's, face- it's safe to fail, so do it lo- often. And then, you know, some creative ideas come out of that. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll do the workshop. And talk, talk to friends. Um, share your ideas and, uh, and have those conversations that can, uh, you know, lead to new things. Thanks, Rob, for all your wisdom on this. <laughs> My pleasure. Thanks for the opportunity. In addition to talking to Rob Dalgleish from Edge Network, I also had the opportunity to sit down with Jeremy Okrafka, who's the founder of Mentor Network and who was involved in the the last social innovation challenge that happened in Toronto. Uh, He was there as a coach, and uh, so he's going to talk with us about uh, innovation uh, and, and mentorship as well. So I'm here with Jeremy Okrafka from Mentor Network. Tell me about your role in this event. So, uh, This event, I was a pitch coach on the Friday night, so I had an opportunity to work with a number of the teams, really just honing down their 60-second pitch. So, you know, who they are, what solution uh, that they're providing to the problem that they're trying to solve, and then specifically what they needed to accomplish over the course of this weekend. And what were your impressions on the event overall? So I get involved with a lot of events like this, and what I really appreciated about this event was the quality of the pitches on Friday night. Uh, Some really well-prepared teams showed up, and a number of them already had some great traction on the solution that they were developing, and I thought that made for a a really wonderful event and, uh, you know, as demonstrated in the pitches we saw tonight. That's great. And what do you think it takes uh, to build the capacity for in- innovation in individuals? And I realize that's a big question there, but uh, perhaps you can just touch on uh, uh, what it might take. Yeah, so I think you know the first part is really understanding uh, what problem they're solving and who, who it is that they're impacting. Uh, so the team that I ended up working with uh, this weekend was the Canadian Project, and we really had to get down to you know, that big why you know, or that essence of what it is that they're solving. And that goes beyond, you know, that they're providing scarves uh, out to individuals. So the innovative piece was that they were really trying to, you know, shift cultural conversation um, around Canadian values 
And so that's a very innovative thing. Like that, you know, has over the long term the impact to actually make a difference and create social innovation and have impact on our society. So, you know, I think to think much higher level about what it is that you're doing, uh, too often people think about the product they're producing and not about the problem we're solving. Uh, and so it was really having some deep conversations about, you know, kind of why are we doing this and how is what we're doing uh, really impacting that why. Thanks. Uh, you have a connection to the United Church and, and Edge. Uh, tell me about that partnership. Yeah, so our company Mentor Network is going to be working uh, with the Social Impact Challenge to be providing a mentorship orientation to the winners from this program as well as a number of the other leaders in the United Church community. And we're going to be helping them to understand the valuable role that mentors can play, uh, some of what they can expect inside of a mentoring relationship, and then talk about the mentoring mentor matching process that's going to happen coming out of the social innovation challenge and how we're going to be able to connect them with mentors uh, from inside of this social innovation community and what that valuable role that's going to play in helping them uh, further their initiatives or projects either inside of these uh, social impact uh, competition initiatives or inside their local congregation. That's great. We'll look forward to it. So if I'm a church leader and I'm looking for ways to expand my capacity for innovation, uh, what would you recommend? Where, where would I start? Yeah. So I'd always look at, you know, modeling uh, other other uh, individuals or organizations who have already done it successfully. Uh, so inside of when we're working with entrepreneurs in particular, we always uh, coach them, you know, find other people who have already done what you're looking to do and hang out and spend time with them. You know, have them help you uh, go through the challenges that you're facing and understand the way that they approach problem solving, the way that they talk about it. And gradually you'll pick up on, you know, those thought processes and those ways of talking about it. And that's really going to shorten the learning curve and get you uh, to execution on it a lot faster. That's great. Well, thanks for spending some time with us and best of luck in all your future uh, ventures. Yeah, my pleasure, Dave. Well, that's it for this week's episode of Illuminate Faith. We want to thank Pub Milos for hosting us this week, and thanks to uh, Rob Dalgleish and Jeremy Okrafka for sharing their wisdom as well. And most especially this week, our thoughts and prayers go to all of those being affected by the wildfires in and around Fort McMurray, Alberta. Uh, if you haven't had a chance to donate to that cause just yet, uh, you can go to the United Church of Canada's website. That's united-church.ca forward slash fort dash mcmurray uh, and you can find out more there about how you can support that cause with your prayers and your monetary donations well until next week we hope that you have a wonderful rest of the week and uh, we look forward to joining you on the next episode of illuminate faith take care <laughs>